So last semester we started with a brief series uh, looking at the first couple books of Jeremiah. Uh, and then we also uh, man, tagged on an additional uh, message from, from Jeremiah towards the end of the semester. And if you guys missed that, it's all good. You can listen to those online. Uh, Kyle from Memphis has a, has a podcast. You can pull up and listen to those uh, and, and also a link uh, there, on, there on the website. Um, and if you missed them, it's going to be all good. You're not going to be behind. You can jump right in with this tonight. Uh, but tonight we're going to continue that study in the book of Jeremiah uh, and start another brief series uh, looking at how God wants to use you uh, prophetically like he did Jeremiah. He wants to use you to reach your culture. wants to re- use you to reach your uh, sphere of influence, right? There's a specific group of people that God called Jeremiah to, uh, to reach, to proclaim God's word to. And man, I believe there's a certain group of people God wants to use each one of you to reach, uh, each one of you to be an influence to, each one of you to share the gospel to, uh, to share the love of Jesus with, uh, to share the hope that you found in Christ, uh, to share your story with, to share God's word with. God has given each of you uh, influence over somebody. He wants to increase your influence, you know, so you can have influence over more people, classmates, co-workers, family members, friends. Uh, We're going to talk in these next couple weeks, uh, looking at the book of Jeremiah, about how uh, God wants to use you uh, to reach your culture, to reach your sphere of influence for Him. Um, In the breakout group time, I ask you, when was the last time that you complained? Uh, They may have a hard time thinking of of a time they recently complained. Um, (laughs) Some of you guys are so holy, right? Um, (laughs) Right, so, so, I mean, all of us complain. I mean, all of us complain. I want to ask you guys, though, have you ever complained to God? Have you ever complained to God? Now, and if you're being honest, right, if you've been a Christian five minutes, then there's probably a time where you complain to God, right? Probably a time where you're like, God, the situation is not fair. The situation is not right. God, I'm doing my best to live for you, and things are the pits. What is going on here? Um, if you're being honest, there's probably some point where you had a prayer that kind of sounded like that, right? Or may, prayer may be too nice a word for it, where you may straight up were complaining uh, to God. God, uh, life costs money. All these things cost money, and I don't have any. God, what's going on with that? Right? God, God I'm lonely. Like, I, I could use some friends, and no one's got any time for me. What's going on with that? Right? Like, like God, God, I'm miserable in this situation, and, and, and you promised me better than that. What's going on? Right? Uh, times that, that we've thought things were unfair, unjust, and we've complained to God, we've brought it to God. Uh, sometimes we look back and think that, okay, that was, that was pretty silly. And sometimes we're like, man, I was really hurting then. Um, and I'm thankful we have a God, man, that we can kind of unload on. And, and he's big enough to hear, uh, to hear our problems. But he, he doesn't want us just straight complaining all the time, right? He's got, he's got something better for our character and for our hearts than that. But we do have a God we can bring our problems to, bring our troubles to, right? I mean, I've certainly complained to God, right? I've certainly had times that I've complained to God. Something that came to mind as I was preparing this, um, uh, man, it was a time that, that I was really, really, really frustrated with the Lord because I felt like He totally dropped the ball. Right? Um, this was this was long before I met I met I met Jackie and we fell in love and got married. Um, and and there, there was a girl that I was dating that I was sure I was sure she was the one. Right? Um, and when she dumped me. Man, I'm like, God, what did you do? Right? Like, it's God's fault, right? Like, God, I told God, God, you dropped the ball. You dropped the ball on this one. Like, you, man, she, don't you know? Uh, don't you know she was the one? And then, and then what were you asleep up there or something? Like, what happened? And uh, I was mad. I was really, really frustrated, complaining. And, and man, looking back, like hindsight's 2020, right? That girl would have been terrible for me, right? God had a much better uh, match picked out for me. But in that moment, man, I, I was frustrated. I, I told God how I felt, right? Um, he, he didn't, like, strike me dead, right? He could have. I probably deserved it. <laughs> but, but he is patient with me. You guys thankful God's patient with us when we don't deserve it? Um, 
know, we say some foolishness to God. And he, he puts up with it. He's patient because he's a good, uh, loving father. Same as my kids will some, come and complain about some nonsense. And I, because I love them, they continue to live, right? And they continue to live in my house. Uh, even though, man, they complain about some stuff where it's just like, come on. Um, so we're going to pick up tonight in Jeremiah 15. Uh, as Jeremiah brings a complaint to God. He brings a plea to God. Um, at this point, Jeremiah 15, Jeremiah has served as God's prophet for a little while now. Uh, he's been serving in ministry for a while. He's been a prophet uh, to the people of God for a while. And as a prophet, he's faced some persecution. The words God's given him to speak are not words people like to hear. right? And we talked a little bit about this in the beginning of the series. The message uh, God gave Jeremiah for the people was stop sinning. Turn away from your idols or something terrible is going to happen to you, right? That's the message, like boiled down into three, three sentences. Stop sinning, turn away from your idolatry, or, or destruction is going to come upon you. Um, this is not a message that was popular, right? It would, it would not be a message that's popular now, even if it's a message we still need now. It was not a message that was popular then. To make things worse, there were false prophets saying, Man, God doesn't mind that idolatry. God doesn't mind that sin. Peace peace, everything's going to be fine. Now, which of these do you think people like to listen to better, right? They wanted to hear, they wanted to hear those false prophets, right? They was going to tell them everything's going to be fine. There's not going to be destruction. You're not going to be taken, you know, taken into captivity. Jerusalem's not going to be destroyed. Just keep doing what you're doing. Peace, peace, everything's going to be fine. And Jeremiah's up there saying, and these guys are lying to you. It's not going to be like that at all. God says stop sinning like now uh, or else uh, man, Babylon's going to conquer you. He's going to take you into captivity. Uh, you guys are going to serve um, man, man, as captives for, for years. Jerusalem's going to get destroyed. It's going to be bad, right, if you don't stop your sinning and turn away from these idols and come back to God. Uh, so, so Jeremiah brings that word. And people hate it, so they treat him terribly. And he's persecuted. And you guys can read about it um, and throughout the book of Jeremiah, the terrible stuff people do to him, the way they treat him, the way the rulers, the authorities treat him uh, for bringing this message. Uh, so he's been persecuted. And beginning in verse 15, we see the complaint he brings to the Lord, the plea he makes to the Lord, saying, God, I'm doing what you told me to do, right? And I'm being treated terrible for it. Um, so beginning in verse 15, we see this plea he makes to the Lord asking for help, asking for retribution. So let's take a look at it. Jeremiah chapter 15, starting with verse 15. Jeremiah, Jeremiah says, Then I said, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. And he's fearing for his life. He's like, these guys are going to kill me. Uh, I don't want to die young. I've got a lot of living left to do. Um, please be my help. Please give me more time. Punish my persecutors. He says, it's for your sake that I'm suffering. It's for your sake that I'm suffering. Verse 16, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies. Verse 17, I never joined the people in their merry feasts. I sat alone because your hand was on me. I was filled with indignation at their sins. Why then does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry, period. So he, man, he's, he's bold. He's laying it out there. It's like, God, I need help. And it seems like you're not there. Your help right now seems as unreliable as a seasonal brook that's all dried up. Uh, you're nowhere to be found, God. I'm being treated terrible. I'm being persecuted. I think they might kill me. Like, there's a pretty good chance they're going to kill me. Uh, where are you, God? 
I mean, you promised to be with me. You promised to help me. Um, you guys might remember that from the very first message of the series. God says, I'm sending you. I'm going to be with you. He says, well, where are you? Because it doesn't feel like you're with me. Um, this is the complaint, the plea that Jeremiah brings to God. Some of you say, hey, I can kind of see myself in this complaint. Some of my prayers maybe sound like this. Um, he says, it's for your sake that I'm suffering. I'm trying to do the right thing, uh, but, but it doesn't seem like your help is there at all. Jeremiah cites two things in his own defense. You guys, when you're praying to God, ever try to kind of come to your own defense? Like say, God, here's why you ought to bless me and help me. Because, man, I did this, and I did this, and I did this. So this is why, you know, man, you ought to help me out. Jeremiah cites two things in particular. In verse 16, uh, he says that he loves God's word. He says, when I discovered your word, when I discovered your words, I devoured them, right? Whatever message you gave to me, man, I, de- I devoured it. I internalized it. I meditated on it. Man, I love your law. I love your word. And this should be what our attitude should be towards God's word. Like, this is a good thing. Now, he, now he's bringing it up as a reason why, you know, you know, God should help him. God, I'm doing everything right. Man, I love your word. I'm devouring your word, right? I'm, I'm all about it. And that should be our, our attitude towards God's word, man. We should love God's word. And we should spend time each day uh, with God's word. I mean, like Serena was talking about when she was sharing her testimony, man, each day, uh, man, digging into the Bible, see what kind of truth, what kind of message God has for you there, what kind of encouragement God has for you there, what kind of direction uh, the Lord has for your life. Man, that should be us. We should be devouring God's Word. Um, He says, man, I'm doing that. Man, when I discovered your word, I devoured it. Uh, Your word is is my joy and my heart's delight. Right? Can we say that about God's Word? That God's Word is our joy. God's Word is our heart's delight. Um... But he says, man, man he's, he's, he's citing that in his own defense. Uh, I love your word. And he says in verse 17 that he isolated himself. He separated himself from sinful people and their activities. Uh, he says, I never joined them at their feasts. I sat alone, right? God, I, I don't have any friends because you called me to be, to be a prophet, to be a minister, to, to, to speak this word that's not popular. So I find myself sitting alone. Man, I don't have a lot of people that like me. I don't go to their feasts. And, and, and I'm okay with that because I'm serving you, right? I keep, I keep them at a distance. I'm not going where these people are. I'm, I'm not participating in their sinful activities, right? So, so God, man, why am I suffering so much? I, I love your word like I'm supposed to. I'm not doing these sinful things. I'm not around these wicked people like, like I feel like I'm supposed to be. Uh, so, God, why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you there? Um, and so he questions if God will help him, uh, will ever help him, and will bring relief from his suffering. He says, God, are you ever going to help me? Are you ever going to help me? Um, he says, why does my suffering continue? Why is my wound incurable? Uh, your help seems uncertain. Right? And so, so when we're having that moment where things are tough and we're bringing our complaint to God, man, we can relate a lot to Jeremiah saying, God, it doesn't seem like you're there. Um, and we may be like, kind of like him. Like, here's all the stuff I'm doing right. God, I'm, um, I'm not sinning what. I'm sending a lot less. We'll say that. I'm sending a lot less, God. And, and still, man, stuff is hard, right? Um, I, I'm trying to read your word. I'm trying to pray, God. I'm trying to be nice to people, even people that are really tough to be nice to. I'm still trying to be nice. I'm still trying to love people. Uh, trying to go to Calf every Thursday. Man, I'm trying to be in church. Uh, I'm trying to do all these things, God, but stuff's still hard, right? And I don't know what it is about us. Man, we want to we list all these things um, like, like that somehow makes God obligated to then help us or bless us. Now, um, I just want to encourage you guys, it doesn't work that way at all, right? God loves us just because he loves us. There's nothing we can do to earn or deserve his love, his help, his favor. Um, and I'm thankful for that because there's nothing that I can do to earn uh, God loving me, earning, earn God accepting me as a, as, as a son. 
uh, and to his family. God just does it, man. He just loves us. He just helps us. He just blesses us because he's a good father. Uh, and he loves each and every one of you. If you guys are here tonight, you've never heard that before. Uh, God loves you. He loves you. He cares about you. Uh, he wants to know you. He wants a relationship with you. Um, and we don't, we don't have to list all the good things we've done so that God will accept us. Uh, but, but instead, we can know that God loves us because he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. You know, we sang about it in several of the songs tonight. Uh, that God loved us enough to send Jesus uh, to come live among us and live a sinless life and then die the death I deserve to die. Right? Uh, when, when Jesus was, was publicly executed, when he hung on a cross, uh, God did something miraculous and laid all the punishment that I deserve for my sin on Jesus instead. You know, so when I, when I turn to God, God can give me grace and forgiveness and mercy because Jesus already took the punishment for everything I've done wrong. Right? So that God can adopt us into the family of God. When we put our trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross, we're totally forgiven made brand new. When God looks at us, he doesn't see all those failures. He doesn't see all those mistakes. He just sees his daughter, his son, who he loves, perfect and clean because of what Jesus did on the cross, right? We have eternal life. When this life on earth is over, we're forever in heaven with God. That's the good news of the gospel. And that's how we know for sure God loves us. Because life can be tough. uh, And and, and we can look at our situation and say, God, I'm miserable. Uh, I've got Man, relationships are a mess. Finances are a mess. My health's a mess. Everything's terrible. But, and God, it may seem like you're not there, but we, we know God cares because he sent his son Jesus, right? Well, I may not know why everything's going wrong in my life, right? It seems like everything's going wrong, and I don't know why. But I know it can't be that God doesn't care because he cared enough to send his own son. You know, he, he cared enough to send Jesus to step into the narrative of human history and suffer right alongside us. Right? So we've got a God that understands, a God that cares, a God that loves us. We don't have to list all the reasons why God should bless us, but, but Jeremiah is being very human in this moment because that's kind of what we do. Like, God, I've been trying to do this. I've been trying to do this. Won't you help me? Won't you help me? You guys want to see how God responds to that? Um, in verse 19, the Lord responds. It says, this is how the Lord responds. God says, if you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army, but I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect and rescue you I, the Lord, have spoken. Exclamation point. Right? Um, let's unpack God's response a little bit. Uh, he, said, he says first, if you return to me, I will restore you. Return to me. Your translation might say, if you repent, or if you turn back to me, or if you come back to me. If you return to me, I'm going to restore you. You're asking for help. You're bringing your plea. You're bringing your complaint. He says, if you turn to me, I'm going to help you. Um, God says the first thing we need to do is change our focus, change our perspective, uh, take our eyes off our problems, our difficulties, our situation, put our eyes back on the Lord where they need to be. Uh, God says, I understand you've got difficulties, but first thing you've got to do is take your eyes, take your focus off of that and return to the Lord. Put your focus back on the Lord, uh, on, on His promises, on His word, on following after Him. He says, turn to me instead of your problems. Turn to me instead of doubting and renew your trust in me. That's the first thing we've got to do. So if we're feeling beat up by the world, we're feeling beat up by life, uh, and I know it's only like the first week of school, first day of school, but some of you guys probably already feel beat up. Um, If we want 
uh, to be someone that changes the world around us instead of being just shaped by the world and the trials of life, the first thing we've got to do is turn to the Lord. Return to the Lord, turn back to God, put our focus on God. Uh, put our focus on Him instead of on our problems. And then he says, if you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you're going to be my spokesperson. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones. And, and looking at Jeremiah's complaints, there's some good words in there. But there's also some worthless words in there too, right? There's some things Jeremiah spouts off that just aren't true. Uh, and he says, man, if, if, if you're going to be my spokesperson, you've got to say good words and not worthless ones. Um, and, and I just want to take a minute and say that we can be honest and open with God, right? That, that's the part of the good news here is that we've got a God that loves us, a God that's patient with us. You know, when we do need to, to just spill our guts uh, and vent uh, to the Lord, man, we can't. He already knows what's going on in our hearts anyway, right? We're not, we're not like tricking Him or anything if we act like everything's all great in prayer and we're dying inside, right? He already knows. He already sees. You, if you can be real with anybody, you can be real with Jesus. If you can be real with anybody, you can be real with God in prayer. You can say, God, here's where I'm at. I feel absolutely terrible, right? And if you, if, you need, if you need some direction on that, man, I encourage you to go to the Psalms where you see the psalmist pour his guts out and says, God, I feel like I'm dying. Like, I feel like I got no friends in the world. I feel like everyone's trying to kill me. Uh, I feel depressed, all these kind of things. Like, we can be real with God. We've got a God that we can be honest and open and transparent and real with, and that's good, right? God's patient. You're not going to offend him by telling him that you feel like everything's rotten. He's not going to be like... What? Like, um, you're not going to hurt his feelings. You've got a big God who can handle, handle your venting. He can handle your complaints. He can handle your doubts. He can handle your fears. He's big enough for that. You're not going to scare him away with your questions, right? Uh, same as my own kids, man. I, I want them to feel like they can come to me with anything. They can come, come to me and share anything. There's nothing they're going to say to me that's going to change how I feel about them, make me not love them, you know, make me, how dare you? No, you, can, you can tell me anything. You can, I want to know what's on your heart. I'd so much rather them share what's on their heart than bottle it up, right? I mean, think about someday, y'all, y'all might be moms and dads. Uh, you want your kid to be able to come to you and share what's on their heart, or you just want to bottle it all up and never say a thing, right? Um, We've got a God that, that loves us. He's patient with us. We can bear our heart with Him, bear our soul with Him. We can lay it all out there, uh, and He's still going to love us. He's going to be patient with us, right? But having said that, your words are powerful. Your words matter. And if all that's coming out of your mouth is complaints, and things are terrible, and things are rotten, and things are awful, and negative, 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 and that's going to affect your life. That's going to affect your life. Your words are powerful. Your words matter. Our words have power. So once we brought those things to the Lord, and that's important, man. We see in Scripture that we should bring those things to the Lord. We should bring our complaints to the Lord. We should bring our trials and our insecurities to the Lord. We should bring our doubts and our questions. Bring those things to the Lord. That's where they belong. They belong with the Lord, not with like venting to your neighbor or venting to your friend or pouring that out on him, but never bringing it to God in prayer, right? Um, in fact, that's, that's something that, that we, we should get in the habit to say in each other you know, when, when someone's venting. And, and we want to be a shoulder that people can talk to, but at the same time, we want to be like, Man, what did God say when you prayed about that, right? Have you brought that to the Lord in prayer? Because really, He needs to hear that before I do. I want to encourage you. I want to pray with you. But, I mean, you need to take that to Jesus. Um, so once we've brought that to the Lord, though, once we've brought that to the Lord, our words have power. So we need to, to change how we speak about that situation. We need to speak out in faith. I mean, speaking out God's word, God's promises, His truth about your situation, about your circumstance. Yes, we can vent and bring our problems to God. And that's, and that's where we should bring them. Um, but he says you need to speak uh, 
You need to speak my word, you know, not, not worthless words. Uh, speak good words rather than worthless ones so you can be my spokesperson. You know, once you've vented, once you got it all out there, it says, okay, change how you talk about this situation. Because your words are powerful and what you speak into your life, what you speak over your situation matters. Uh, so you need to speak good words. And what's good words? God's truth. What does God have to say? about your circumstances? What does the Bible have to say about your situation? What does God have to say about your identity? Right? Find those things out and speak that over your life. Right? Once you've vented, once you got it out there, and you can exhale, then start speaking over your life good words, not worthless ones, right? Speaking over your situation, good words. Speaking out uh, in faith. When you're talking to your friends about your situation, say, yeah, things are really bad, but... I mean, here's what God has to say about it, right? So I've got faith, I've got hope, I'm not going to give up, amen? Um, so, so speak out of faith, find out what God, God's word has to say about whatever situation you're in. So I guarantee you, it's got something to say about it. You're not going through anything that, that's unique to you, right? You're not going through any problem that no man or woman's ever faced in history, right? Uh, and, and God's word has some kind of encouragement, some kind of truth to speak to you in that situation that you can hold on to uh, and that's going to encourage you to help you get through it, right? Uh, some kind of verse that you can hold on to, that you can memorize, that you can quote over yourself, that you can pray through, uh, that's going to help you through the situation. Then find out what God's word has to say about your identity and who you are in Christ, who you are as a son, as a daughter of God, as an heir uh, to, to, to the throne of God, what that means for you, the, the power and the authority you have as a child of God. Um, and, and be familiar enough with God's word that you can, can quote it over your life. You know what God's word says about a different situation. Um, and when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, right? Before he started his public ministry, Jesus took 40 days to fast. He went out in the middle of nowhere into the wilderness. And and the Bible says he was tempted by the devil, right? These different situations that Satan would come and he would tempt him. And how did Jesus respond to those temptations? He responded with the word of God. Time after time he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He didn't speak anything that wasn't like quoting some Old Testament scripture, right? Uh, everything he, he spoke to that situation was scripture, scripture, scripture. And we can learn a lot from that, right? When we've got a situation where we're being tempted or we're in a hardship, we're in a difficulty, man, we could, we could do a lot better if we said, it is written, it is written, it is written. God, I know, what, I know what your word has to say about this. I know what your word has to say about me. Uh, and yeah, this situation might be, might be bad, but I'm going to choose to speak your word and, and not just keep venting and complaining. You guys hear me? Um, so, so yes, we can bring our complaints to God. Yes, he's big enough and he's patient and he loves us. But he says there's going to be a time where you need to start speaking good words and not worthless ones, right? You need to change how you speak about the situation. And then, then you'll be my spokesperson. Then you'll be a person God can use to influence others, right? Then he can start trusting you with words to speak to your classmates, your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, the people around you that need Jesus. And then this line, man, this is, gonna, this, is our, this is our focus, focus verse here. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. That second half of verse 19 there. You must influence them. Who's the them that he's talking about? The, the people that he's been called to be a prophet to. The people around him. The people that are, same people that are persecuting him. The same people that aren't listening to him, that are treating him terribly. He says, Jeremiah, you've got to influence them and not the other way around. Right? As a man of God, as a woman of God, you have to influence the people around you, not the other way around. Uh, you need to influence them. Do not let them influence you. 
Um, and th- this is key. So tonight we're talking about influence, talking about being a person of influence. We're going to unpack this over the next couple weeks. Um, but man, a key here is that as a child of God, um, your biggest influence, man, should be Jesus, right? But, but God also gives you, uh, man, godly mentors, maybe some godly parents, grandparents, uh, man, pastors, big brothers and sisters in the faith you can look up to and encourage you. Godly people that will encourage you in your faith, good, positive influences. But then looking at the people around you in your life, uh, man, that don't know God or are far away from God, man, you want to influence them and not the other way around, right? You want to influence them closer to Jesus. You want to influence them in their behavior. Uh, you want to influence them uh, and make the gospel attractive to them, make a relationship with God attractive with them. When they look at your life, they say, man, I want what she has. I want what he has. He's got something special. He's got a joy. He's got a peace. I want that. He says, you've got to influence them and not the other way around. Don't let them influence you. Don't let the, uh, that, that negativity rub off on you. Don't let that worldliness rub off on you. The selfishness, the greed, man, all the, the negative stuff, man, that we associate with the culture. He says, don't let that influence you. But if you're going to be my spokesperson, you've got to influence them. You've got to be the kind of person that influenced them. So in the breakout group time, we ask, man, who are our influences? Who are the people that influence our life? Some of y'all might have said a mom or a dad, a big brother, big sister, a pastor, maybe a celebrity, musician, actor, actress, political, I don't know. Um, probably heard all kinds of different, different answers, right? But I want you to think deeply about, man, who, who has a say in your life, right? Who, who has a say that when they speak up, you listen? That if they point out something in your life, you're like, man, I need to... I need to deal with that, right? Because their opinion matters so much to you, right? Think about who has influence over your life. And then think about who should have influence over your life. There may be some people that are speaking to your life that, man, they really shouldn't be. Because, man, the stuff they're bringing into your life is not good. It's not helpful. It's not going to help you to grow to be the person God wants you to be. There may be some people that their influence in your life needs to decrease, right? So, so godly, uh, and godly people God's put in your life can have, have more of an influence on you. Their, their words can mean more to you. Um, so I want you to think hard this week about, man, who are my influences? And then that second question, too, who am I influencing? God, who have you put in my life? Who have you put in my sphere of influence? The people that I see uh, each week, right? Again, maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's classmates, maybe it's neighbors, family members, friends, uh, people in my life. Um, and they, they could be Christians that, that, God, you want to use me to influence them to just go... Go after you harder, man, to draw closer to you, to, 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 to live, man, a, a step above. Uh, maybe they're far away from God, people that I can encourage into a relationship with God, people that I can share Jesus with, share my testimony with, uh, people that I can lead to Christ. Man, think about that, God. Who have you given me influence over, um, and, and how can I influence them towards you? How can I leverage this, this influence you've given me for the kingdom of God? Uh, and instead of, man, influencing them, I don't know what, to, to, to be more like this or that. You're influencing them closer to Jesus, right? Say, God, I want to make the most of every opportunity I have with these people that when they spend time with me, they're going to leave closer to God instead of farther away from God, right? I want them, if they spend time with me, to leave that conversation knowing more about Jesus than they came in, right? Knowing more about the Word of God than they came in. Uh, that, that my interactions with people are meaningful. They matter. It's not just small talk. It's not just surface level stuff. But in my conversations, I'm talking about things that really matter. Uh, I want to make a difference in these people's lives. I want to lead people to Jesus. Um, those of you guys that have, have done Kalfa's discipleship class, so we're going to start that up in a couple weeks. You'll hear more about that next week. Uh, Kalfa's discipleship class or D class. Um, we talk about the example of the thermostat and the thermometer. You guys familiar with that? The thermostat and the thermometer. Um, 
And, and you guys, man, as cold as it's been, some, I, I would guess almost every single one of you have touched a thermostat in the last week. Um, or or you're, you're, you may have a, a roommate or a parent that's like, don't touch that thermostat. Um, uh, but, but so anyway, the thermostat, what does the thermostat do for the house, for the apartment, for the building? Yeah, it changes the temperature. It sets the temperature. What does the thermometer do for the building? It measures the temperature, right? So you have a thermometer. Uh, yeah, probably zero of you have like the glass mercury th- thermometer that you look at and say, ah, yes, uh, eight degrees, right? You've got you've got a thermometer on your your phone, the National Weather Center. You've got you pull it up on the computer, or the TV, or some of your car, like the dashboard display, tells you what temperature it is outside. Um, you've got thermometers you look at, but all the thermometer is telling you is what temperature it already is, right? It's doing zero to change that temperature. It's just like here's what the temperature is. Um, well, what's the, the lowest it got these past cold days? I think it was like two degrees or something like that. Both degrees were very cold. Um, but all the thermostat says is what temperature it already is, right? Or, I'm sorry, all the thermometer says is what temperature it already is. The thermostat changes the temperature. And so thinking about being a leader, being a person of influence, uh, being, being a, a godly example to those around you, you want to be a thermostat, not a thermometer, right? You don't just want to reflect the people you're around reflect the culture you're in. Uh, you don't want to just kind of blend into the scenery and be invisible. Like, you want to be a thermostat that when you step into a situation, you change it, right? When you step into the room, you change the dynamic of that room, right? Um, and you make it more hopeful, more peaceful, more loving, more positive, more godly when you step into that situation. You're the thermostat, right? You change the situation. You don't just kind of blend in and match the situation around you, right? Um, You want to be thermostats, not thermometers, right? God's called you uh, to be leaders, to be influencers. Um, And and I I don't like like the like the don't be be a leader, not a follower, because like follower is not a not a bad thing to be either, man. The highest thing we can aspire to be is a follower of Jesus, right? And God will give us godly men and women that we can can follow after their example, right? So it's not about being a a leader instead of a follower. It's about following the right people, right? And, and then leading those that God has given you influence over. Leading them closer to Jesus. Being that thermostat that changes uh, the dynamic of the situation you're in instead of just kind of blending in and reflecting it, right? We got enough thermometers, right? We got enough people that are just kind of falling in line with the culture, uh, just reflecting what's around them. Uh, God wants you to be more than that. And he wants you to change the culture, to change your circle of friends, to change your sphere of influence. Um, Two New Testament verses I want you to look at, and then we'll close. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul here is writing to the church in Rome. This is what he says. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. He says, Don't be that thermometer, right? Don't just kind of blend in and be just like the culture. He says, But be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul says, man, don't, don't just blend into the world. As a Christian, man, uh, yeah, you're in the world, but you're not part of this world anymore, right? The moment you put your trust in Jesus, the moment you say, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior, save me from my sins, make me right with God, and you're adopted in the family of God as a son, as a daughter, uh, you have eternal life in heaven with God, I mean, the moment you do that, uh, you're no longer, you no longer belong to this world, right? Your citizenship is forever in heaven with God, right? When this life on earth is over, Man, you belong to the kingdom of heaven forever. I'm a, I'm a citizen of the United States for like a few decades, right? 
I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven forever, right? So he says, man, don't, don't try so much to blend into the culture, to fit into this world. Uh, but, but, but instead, man, I want you to be an agent of change uh, in this world that you're in. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. What does it look like to renew your mind? I mean, spend time in God's presence in prayer. Spend time in God's word. Uh, let his word kind of run over your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, how you think about things, uh, and shape and mold uh, shape and mold how you think about life, how you approach life. Let God give you that mind of Christ uh, so you know how to, how to evaluate your situation. And so you can know, he says, so you can know God's will. Know what God wants you to do in a situation. Know how God wants you to react in a situation. Know what's good and pleasing to God. So don't conform to the pattern the world, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then this last verse here, 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter 2, 9. Uh, Peter writes this. He says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. He says, God chose you. Right? God chose you. He's got a purpose for your life. And it is not to blend into the scenery and just kind of get disappear into the culture and no one even knows you're there. I mean, God, God has a purpose for your life as a chosen people, as a royal priesthood. Man, when you belong to God, you belong to God's kingdom, God's family. Man, we're, we're a family of priests. It's not just the preacher or the priest or the priestess, um, but man, we're all priests to the people around us. We're all ministers of God to the people God's given us influence over. So those friends, those families, those classmates, those co-workers uh, that need Jesus, man, God's made you to be a priest to that person, to help mediate that person's relationship with God, lead them into a relationship with God. Um, he says, you're God's special possession. You belong to God, and because of that, uh, you need to declare the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Man, just proclaiming your testimony. Man, I was in darkness. God called me out of that and into his light. You know, I was hopeless and God gave me hope. I had no peace and God's given me peace. I was lonely uh, and God showed me how much he loved me. Here's what my life was before. It was a mess. Here's what my life is now. With Jesus proclaiming that to the people around you, declaring God's praises to the people around you. He says, you're, you're a chosen people. You've been chosen for that purpose. And don't just blend into the culture. Don't let them influence you. But you influence them. You influence them. You influence the people around you. I want every single person you know to be able to say, I know Jesus better because I'm friends with Chris. I know Jesus better because I'm friends with Becca. Right? I, I know more about the Bible because uh, I'm friends with Marissa. Right? Uh, the, the, the people that God's given you influence over, that you're influencing them towards God uh, instead of them influencing you farther away from God, making you more like the culture. Amen? So I want you guys to think about that uh, Think about that this week. You know, God, as he's, as he's responded to Jeremiah this way, he closes it out there in verse 20 and 21, talking about how he's going to strengthen Jeremiah. He says, if you do this, if you return to me, if you stop speaking worthless words and start, start thinking about the words you're speaking and start declaring truth, uh, he says, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to make you a wall. Like a bronze wall, basically, I'm going to make you tough. They're not going to be able to overcome you. They're not going to be able to conquer you. I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to make you tough. He says, I'm going to um, strengthen you against the attacks of your enemies. I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to deliver you. God says, I'm going to help you, Jeremiah. I'm going to help you, but you've got to do these things. You've got to take your focus off your problems. Put your focus on me. Return back to me. Um, after you've kind of vented, got your complaint out, you need to start speaking out. God's truth. I'm just starting to speak positive, start to speak out in faith uh, about your situation, about your identity. Um, and you need to make sure that you're, you're a godly influence to the people around you and not letting them rub off on you. 
Uh, he says, man, then I'm going to protect you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to deliver you. Uh, and God's going to help you as well. Whatever situation you're in. That doesn't mean like everything's just going to get better overnight. God may have a purpose for you in that situation. But his purpose for you in that situation is not for you to just to kind of crumple and wither under the weight of it. Right? He wants to strengthen you in it. He wants to build your character. Uh, he wants to, to use you in that situation to be a bright light for him to the people around you. So someone can look at you and say, uh, man, I know she is in a, an awful situation, but it doesn't seem to get her down. She still has so much peace. She still has so much joy. What is that about? And it's an opportunity to give God glory. Amen? So think about this week and who God wants to use you as an influence over. Um, think about what areas uh, you need to take your focus off of your problems and circumstances and redirect that focus back on Jesus. Think about the situations, and we all do this, uh, where we're kind of negative, where we're kind of just complaining and venty. And we need to start speaking out God's truth, right? That there's a time for venting, there's a time for bringing our complaint to God, uh, and then there's a time to say, okay, I've done that, now I need to speak out in faith. What does God's Word say about my situation? What does God's Word say about my identity? And if you don't know, Man, then, then, then text your life group leader, text me or Jackie or Christina, and say, hey, I need some verses, right? I need some verses to, to think about, to read through, to pray about, uh, to, to quote over my life. Amen? And we'll, we'll definitely help you out. Um, so as we wrap up, let me, let me pray that uh, over you guys, that God would help us with each of that. Next week, um, we're going to be looking at the next chapter of Jeremiah and continue to, to, to look at this idea of how God wants to use you uh, as an influence to the people around you. He wants to use you to minister uh, hope to those people around you. Um, and and uh, yeah, we'll be back here uh, next week, 7 o'clock, back, back in this room. But let me pray. Father God, uh, love you so much. Thank you for your word. Um, God, thank you for this insight into the life of Jeremiah, just his honesty. God, putting that down on the page, uh, a time that he was real, real with God. Um, and God was patient and loving, but, but firm uh, in his correction of him, God. Um, and I pray that we take that to heart as well. Um, God, thank you that you love us. Thank, thank you that we can bring our problems to you, God, that you're big enough to hear our complaints, uh, big enough to hear, God, our, our doubts, our questions, our fears, and you still love us, God. Um, but God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to take our focus off of our problems, God. Maybe it's a financial problem. Maybe it's a health problem. Maybe it's a relationship problem, God. Um, maybe it's something with our family. Maybe it's something with school. Uh, but God, I pray that the focus of our life would not be these problems and difficulties, but the focus of our life would be you, Jesus. God, help us to lock in on you, God, and trust you with all these difficult situations, God, that our trust would be in you. Um, and, and God, help us to speak out in faith uh, what we know the Bible says about these different situations, God. We'd speak out in faith what the Bible says about our identity as your son, as your daughter, God, um, and our identity in Christ, the authority we have in Christ, God, uh, the hope that we have in you, Jesus. Uh, change the way we talk about our situation. Change the way we talk about our lives, God. That we wouldn't be people that speak out negativity uh, and complaints all the time, God. We'd be speak out hope, God. We'd speak out your word, Jesus. We'd say it is written. God, when there's a scripture that applies to the situation, God, we'd be quick to bring it to mind, God. And God, would you use us to influence the people around us? God, we don't take lightly the responsibility you've given us. Uh, over the, the, the friends that you put around us, the classmates you put around us, God. I don't believe that there's anyone in my life uh, that's just there on accident, God. And God, I pray that you'd help me to make the most of every opportunity, every conversation, uh, Jesus, to work you into that conversation, to work in the hope that I've found in you, God, to give me an opportunity to share, uh, share our testimonies, God, um, God, with people that we see each week, God, uh, to share you, Jesus, with people that, that, that don't know you or people that are far away from you, God. Use us to influence them closer to you, God. Um, and I pray that we'd be led by our Holy Spirit, led by your Holy Spirit, God, 
uh, that you would direct our conversations, Father God, and use this in a powerful way for your kingdom and for your glory, God, this semester. In Jesus' name, amen.